Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 148th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site, and I am your beardy, gray, wounded man lying on a floor for this part of our giant-sized annual issue we are doing. Why is it so giant-sized? Because it is the beginning of our Papa Pedro mini series because that's right pedro pascal rules everything around us as he is the star of the last of us which we are heading into the final three season three episodes of and of course the mandalorian just kicked off its third season on wednesday so we've got a lot to talk about this is a split episode the first time we have ever done this and when we get into the mandalorian if you're just here for mando talk check the episode notes on your favorite streaming platform or the popbreak.com, and you'll see when the Mando talk begins. And when the Mando talk begins, the human Star Wars encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas, my co host right now, will be hosting the entire episode. Dad's getting the dad's getting the next couple of weeks off, guys, because I get to I, Amanda is hosting her first series with us. This is a great moment. And but we can't talk about The Last of Us, especially very emotional episodes of The Last of Us without our favorite millennial mushroom daddy, Alicia Weinberger. Um, you've been really struggling with these uh, funnel cake kisses over the past few weeks, man. I, I hope your voice has recuperated. Yep. It's as recuperated as that failing shopping mall. That's that's what the inside of my larynx looks like. An abandoned Claire's. <laughs> An abandoned Claire's, which you could find in central New Jersey somewhere that was just shot in on location. Um, they're, they're still around down here, too. Still oh. slightly abandoned. But I never get your ears pierced I, there. Don't ever get your ears pierced there. My sister Parents, did. My sister did. Claire's is my daughter's favorite store. Claire's, if you're listening. Sophie Bodkin loves you. Sponsor this podcast. Uh, give us all the fr- the fake nails. Give us all the, all the stuff that I don't understand because I'm a bo- stupid boy. So <laughs> enough about fake nails and piercings. Let's get into heartbreak and harrow because we are talking about the Last of Us and we are talking about the ep- one of the episodes everyone has been just anticipating. And also dreading, it's called Left Behind. Uh, Alicia, you told me this was the one episode, even if you were dying, you needed to be on. Get us to here, take us to the video game and tell us about, is this episode part of the game? And what is, why is this such a crucial one for you? Yeah, so... um... This is a DLC. This is a DLC of the first game. Um, so in the winter chapter of the first game, after Joel is injured and before you meet the uh, cannibals, um, uh, Ellie goes into oh, a shopping no. mall. Oh, sorry. Is that next no, to spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, we don't know. Well, listen, there's a lot of variations for the game, so there is nothing to say this is who they are. I mean, there is a lot. There are a lot more horrible in the game, but I don't think this is the appropriate time to get into it. If you play the game, you'll know what I mean. It's fucked. Um, 
but yes, there they they did a DLC that um, you could obviously play after the game. But if they were to fit it in a, uh, some sort of chronicle, chronological timeline, it is technically within the mind palace of Ellie during that chapter. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, and this is kind of the DLC that that solidified um, uh, the Last of Us to be like a queer story. And, and um, yeah, yep. <laughs> Right. Just, I'm sorry, Mind Palace just completely took 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 to bite my train, just went off the bridge. I, my that's mind Snowy palace, Bridge. My Mind Palace is also an abandoned Claire's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna bring abandoned Claire's into the Mando part without any reference. The boys will just be like, "Oh, what are we to?" And Mind Palace. Talking? We're gonna throw Mind Palace. Oh, out they too. might. They might appreciate they, that. They maybe, maybe. Uh, let's now let's get into the ether of it all right now. So. Uh, what did you guys so we we start and ellie has uh who uh according to alicia and i had to look this up uh ellie is a horse girl wait okay. i just want to say i'm not making fun of horse girls i i know that could be a mean phrase i respect horse girls i think you should embrace it reject modernity embrace horses my niece fits the exact description of it down to the braces and fashion, questionable fashion, and obsession with horses. I love you, Kana. You're you're a great kid. You're a horse girl. Um, so she ends up getting Joel to this house. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Ellie's ability just to get a grown ass man off the ground on a horse, yeah. ride him in there, and and this whole thing? It's kind of wild. I'm, I just feel like she was, she must have had some kind of superhuman. Maybe it's just that emotion when you're panicking, like kind of like the moms that like lift the cars off, you know, like their kids, like you hear about the supernatural types of things that happen because he looked really pale and really just completely almost limp. So I'm like, I'm like, how, unless you're really that panicked, do you pull up a grown man, get him to stay on the horse? That would be the hard part for me. I don't know. Is that part of the game? Trying to get a yeah. wounded ass man on a horse? Uh, I wish. I'd fail. <laughs> but I think. I think though. It, it. I think she actually puts him on like. It, I can't remember exactly in the intro of the episode, but I think she puts him on like a sled. I think oh, you okay. saw something oh. like. I think she makes like a what's that thing in like old timey movies when the ambulance people put you on like a oh, stretcher uh, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I think she makes a toboggan. A toboggan. (laughs) I mean, that works. (laughs) I think I saw something in the background, or it's like a rope in a. She had something, but still impressive because I would just give up. I'd be like, "Bye, Joel." (laughs) Like, I'm not. He he was just so pale too. Like, you just thought, "Ooh, he's not. Is he really not gonna? They're gonna, you know." I mean, the game obviously he's around, but I'm like, are they gonna kill him? Is is he? Uh, Will he be? Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Uh. would you okay? I'll just throw a moral question out for you. No judgment at all, guys. Would you have left Joel? Alicia, I mean, I went with you like, first. I want to know the answer. No, I mean, like, well, wait, wait a minute. Let's <laughs> no, just rephrase. Am, am I like a terrified 14 year old girl? No, you're Alicia Weinberger. I'm an Alicia Weinberger. Like you're a, you're a millennial mushroom woman. daddy. You're a, okay. mushroom, mushroom, a millennial mushroom daddy. Do you leave Joel? No, I would. I try. I would try. Like, I mean, if it was like, if there was a horde of them running after me, I'd be like, uh, like I would put them somewhere safe. Come back for them later. 
put him in the cupboard. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would Stay like a squirrel him away somewhere, you know, dig him out after the winter. He'll be fine. Yeah, no, the ice will keep them intact. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. it's cryo, it's cryogenics, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 nature's cryogenics. Um, it worked for Captain America. It'll work yeah. for Joel. Um, Amanda, I think I already know the answer to this. I, I, you wanted to be the greeter uh, in you know Jackson Hole, yeah, Wyoming. So yeah. I feel like you, especially for for uh, post apocalyptic daddy, I don't think you'd leave him behind. Uh, not a hottie like that. You can't just leave him behind. Um, you know he's almost sixty. Come on. It's okay. You know what? The, the the pickings are slim out there. Okay, they are slim, and survival must continue somehow. So, I mean, would I be successful? Probably not. My survival skills are pretty terrible. So he might kick the bucket along the way, but I tried. I'm gonna try. I mean, if you're if you're I, if he's relying on me to sew something, oof, yeah. He is. I mean, I couldn't keep a Tamagotchi alive when those, and now they're all making a comeback, but the Tamagotchi, yeah, I, I think mine had an angry poop emoji there and then it died. That's uh, my luck of taking care of your things. Tamagotchi oh, shit itself to death. That it is did. the worst. So ending. Joel's survival skills with me. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. Um, so throughout the episode, you know, we see Ellie and Riley they're in the mall and there there's a lot of talk about the fireflies and Fedra here. I want to get your guys' opinion on like both of them are convinced they are right. Who is right in all of this? Is it is it Ellie? Is it Riley? Or is it my answer? Humans kind of suck and are going to screw everything up as we saw in Kansas City. Or am I just being, you know, really Irish in, uh, in the month of March and be like, well, we're all going to die anyway, so whatever. Um, Amanda, what do you think? Who who was who was right or who was wrong here? It's tough because they're they're talking. Both girls are talking from the perspective. There's a there's a, some naivety, some innocence that's there on both parts, where it's this this naive belief that hey, this this group that I'm I'm with, one or the other, is going to fix things. We're going to get some kind of normalcy. It's that it's almost like a little glimpse of of hope that they want. Um, you know, it it. I just feel like you, I don't. I for e, for either. I don't. I don't think either organization is a good organization. Neither one is perfect. The federal seems to have committed. They just seem like a very corrupt government. And the fireflies. It's you know they're trying to make changes and they're trying to do good things but it doesn't it doesn't always come across that way they're doing using terrible means to to make both of them use terrible means to make reach their goals um so i i don't think either is right but it's tough because there's so much i mean you see all these different factions forming you see it in the game you see it in the show without any overarching sense of order or structure with people that led by people that have good intentions that are actually going to really not look out for themselves and be selfish. I think no matter what group you choose, you're, you're host, unless people are being unselfish and truly giving. I, Is, so what ideology, Alicia, are you allowing into your mind palace? I mean, from coming from the perspective that they're both children, both yes. are wrong because children should not be indoctrinated into a system of violence and, and, and war. Um, oh, so but, my, my daughter shouldn't go to CCD is what you're saying? I, I mean, uh, what, I don't even know already. what that is. What is it's, it's, it's Catholic school. Oh, 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's a have, that's an I, off off air conversation. <laughs> don't worry, I have it every week with my wife. It's fine. <laughs> um, I I mean, Claire's you know, Catholicism. We we need one more C, and we're good to go. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like I said, I I mean, coming from the perspective that both groups are indoctrinating children in some way, horrible, right? So both are wrong in that sense. Um, I mean, obviously, like we've talked about like the whole like like cycles of violence and and whatnot and i mean you know i mean it's definitely easy to say for both sides to hey just put your guns down and like just get along and hug it out but the show in the game also kind of begs the question of like well is it so easy to say if your side is losing um and i mean we've seen in kansas city that fedra is obviously not necessarily not the most necessarily unified government or front and obviously like different sections of fedra can be fascist uh some more than others so i mean if i as an adult person living in that world had to choose um other than get the fuck out uh i guess i would choose the fireflies but i would definitely be abhorrently against recruiting children Yeah, I would be like, yeah, I'll go to Wyoming, guys. I'll live in that uh, that hippie town, yeah. Michigan. I, I mean, want to go live with that couple, the cool couple from the you know, that lived in that cabin. Yeah, that meme that was just like, hey, Tommy smells. Oh, yeah, Graham Greene's the best dude. Um, <laughs> watch Die Hard with a Vengeance after seeing that scene, and you'd be like, why was he in this movie? Uh, but also, who wouldn't want to live with Tommy? There was the meme. He had his hair smells like sandalwood. It's, he's so he's so he's so manicured, um, but. One thing I want to get into, and uh, by the way, Amanda, thank you for producing the questions for this episode. Uh, I was very uh, tired today, um, and I just watched the episode 20 minutes before the podcast, is we know what's going to happen to both Ellie and Riley. We know that Riley's probably not going to make it. We know Ellie is going to be potentially this cure. But we go on this. We go on. We go on this date with them. How did the fact you knew what was going to happen impact your viewing of everything that was going on? And I bring this up because Sam Niles, who's been on the pod, uh, talking about <laughs> that was a mushroom. Uh, I think you need to take yeah. care of that. that that's you're not going to make the rest of the episode. Bye. Um, no. So we know what's going to happen. So how, so Sam brought this up. He's like it impacted his viewing of the entire thing. Like he wanted the kids to be kids, but he knew what was coming. Did you guys have that same view? At least I'll start with you. Like, how did you view this date that was happening before our eyes when you knew, you know, the tragic end that was coming? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it doubly sucks in the show. Cause you know, I mean, in, in the game, you don't really get too much of that backstory with like, Riley, you don't you don't get as much talking, right? Um, really in the DLC, other than like, you know, obviously Ellie and Riley have like a conversation of like, oh, you joined the Fireflies and, and this and that. Um, but they added that kind of deeper context, um, which I think is more in the comic book, how like Riley and Ellie were really tight in school. And just to kind of see Ellie like get sidelined and abandoned and then ultimately like in a way abandoned again, because you know, Riley dies. Um yeah, that hurt a lot. So they're doing a really good job at making hurt twice. Yeah, I, I I was so stressed out watching this because there's like these wonderful moments, like like they're playing Mortal Kombat. It's like 
so fun. And like the performances here uh, from Storm Reed and, and, and Bella Ramsey are, they're incredible. They're like, so like, you're just, it's almost like you're watching a documentary. It's just like, here's two teens just hanging out at the mall, having fun, performing fatalities on each other. And I'm just like, any kid from the 90s and the 2000s know this is this is what we did you know and to see them having fun in a horrible wasteland should be wonderful but at the same time i just sat there with like a pit in my stomach probably also due to acid reflux but it's just because i'm old and but it's like i know what's coming i know this moment is going to is so fleeting and it's going to be ruined and I think that makes everything so much worse and so much more tragic because it's just like, I just want these two crazy kids to to smooch and and live happily ever after. To be honest with you, they seem perfect for each other. And yet, you know, a not so cool mushroom daddy comes along and fucks everything up. Good thing you have the headphones on. Uh, Amanda, how did how did the knowing the end impact your viewing of their night together? Oh, it's really bittersweet. Um, because it, you know, it's it's beautifully done in that you you get kids being kids. And I was one of those kids that played in the arcades all the time. I played Mortal Kombat, you know, the whole smash the buttons, me, right? Me. It's it's yeah, it it was it was again beautifully done. And I mean you I, it was it was nice that you had that almost like watching episode three. You have this brief moment of happiness and hope. And but I felt like this was a little worse because you knew it was going to be taken away. It's just, but you had that brief moment of respite or respite. I think it's probably the way to pronounce it correctly, but, um, but yeah. And then when it happens, it just hits you so much harder, so much harder. And it really, to me explained why Ellie is so hardened and she comes across the way that she does because you know, you, you let somebody in and then you lose that person. And at least she said it beautifully, like you twice in a way. And, you know, you just don't want to let people in anymore. Because who wants to go through it? We all went through that. I think we could all, we could all, we've all had loss in our life to where you, it hardens you a little bit. And you don't want to go through, you have walls that are up. So, I mean, I, I really feel like this is a very human, it was hard to watch, but it was very human. It was very, it just, it touches, I felt like it resonated with a lot of people, you know, who, who've had similar feelings and of loss of sadness. I mean, I, it was hard to watch, but I loved it at the same time. It was depressing, but I loved it. So I guess that's, uh, you know, uh, a question is, was this the most depressing episode that we've had so far? Because episode three with Frank and Bill, we got to watch their, you know, years of their lives together. They, 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 they went off, they rode off into the sunset together, you know, um, these two, it was like they kissed and there's the monster, right? To end everything. Um, so, I mean, this, I mean, it, like, Alicia, like you said, it's called The Last of Us, not The Rest of Us. You know, not, it, 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 there's an, you know, an automatic sense of negativity that surrounds this. Uh, but, you know, is was this the saddest episode for you guys? Uh, I mean, I'll start with you. This is tough because it, in a lot of ways, you could say it is because it is so real. But oh man, Henry and Sam, that still gets me. Oh, Jesus. oh I mean, I, I feel like for me, 
And a lot of that has to do with the actors who played Henry and Sam. They nailed those performances. But that whole thing with Sam and Ellie and stay awake and just her trying to say, I mean, to me so far, that has been the most depressing. But this is right behind it, though. This is right behind it because you just know what's going to happen. And you're just it's like this 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 little cliff of sadness and you know you're going to go down the ride you know we're like a roller coaster it's a little like just dip of sadness coming up but uh yeah this almost i think if henry and sam hadn't happened this would have been the saddest one for me alicia what about you is this the was this the saddest one for you because like you said you were like yo doesn't matter if i'm a mushroom i'm beyond this episode i i mean i'm gonna have to agree with amanda i mean henry the henry and sam kind of arc that's i think that's the most like absolutely fucked because I, I mean the sheer like how quickly things went downhill in just a matter of seconds like that that was not great um I mean I would say and it's not exactly the most winning part of it but at least I would say if you got bit you kind of have some time to resign and and you know, make, uh, you know, just resign yourself to that fate and go out on your own terms or choose to lose your minds together. Um, but with Henry and Sam, there was no choice in that. Um, but this is a close second, like really close. Oh man. Um, I don't think I, I, um, yeah, I I would probably, you know what? I actually forgot. I think I tried to forget Henry and Sam. I like tried to black that out in my memory. Um, but yeah, that one was just like, I remember just audibly saying no 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 don't don't do this and like because we knew that again i think it was a little bit we knew this was going to happen to to riley we knew she wasn't going to make it so it's like it's super tragic and it's very sad but it's like it was lessened by the fact like we knew this was going to happen and you're hoping the hope here is like this is going to inspire ellie to go back and save joel which she does uh but the henry and sam thing like you said alicia no time to even process any of this. It's just like it happened. And then what did I do? No, nah, I'm, I'm gone too. And it just like, it just, oh, fuck that ending. <laughs> I really hate it. I really hate it because it's just, it's so good, but yeah, it's just so sad. Uh, um, but like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change one thing here. Um, we usually talk about the Tess on Fire Award, which is like the most tragic part of the episode. We know what that is. Let's change it. What was the what was the the moment in this episode that brought you the most joy? Because like we know they're gonna get bit, but this was still a really good episode where of kids having fun in the mall in a world that's just miserable and every side is just trying to indoctrinate you or kill you. So Alicia, what moment in this where, where you're like, hey, you know what? I know things suck, but this was a pretty, pretty special moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the escalator scene was pretty great. I mean, we got we got a little aha. I, I feel uh, like nod. you have done that in real Probably. life. <laughs> uh, Amanda, how about I you? Mean, when I was a kid, oh, sorry. God, sorry, side note, when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. I was no, no, going to no, no. go no, no, no. I want you to keep going. Oh, yeah, my God. I, I was going to go on a tangent. Um, yes, yes. No, no. This is happening. I need to know an Alicia Escalator story. Like, no yes. this is. 
I, I was just going to go on a short tangent about how uh, I got stuck on the top of an escalator in Port Authority because oh. I was terrified. And my oh. mom went down <laughs> along with my brother and some random old man had to help me down because I was absolutely scared of uh, going down the escalators in, in the New York Port Authority in the early 2000s. <laughs> Let me tell you something about me. I am deathly afraid of escalators. You can ask anyone. It takes me a few minutes to get onto an escalator. I don't know why. I think I looked down in an escalator stairs when I was young and I got all sorts of vertigo and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Uh-huh. Try going down that with a, a three-year-old and you're white knuckling and sweating blood going mm-hmm. down. It's fantastic, guys. Anxiety wow. is the best. See, for me, escalators, I'm like, germs, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. I'm like, ah, there's people like touching. Seth is here like, touch all of it. I'm like, no, don't touch me after, you know, it's just, yeah. For me, it's all like just cringe because they always look dirty and they're probably full of germs. So that's my thing with escalators. Uh, That escalator in that mall, a hundred percent, the grossest escalator in history. Um, Amanda, what part of the episode brought you joy? Oh, I like the, the carousel scene with the cure. Um, Kind of, it, it was the cure, right? That was the instrumental. I want to say, I think. Probably. Um, and it's sad music. Why not? It, it is, but I mean, just I mean, I. It's one of those things where it's like either you went um, on like the carousel merry-go-round as a as a kid, or you know, you take your kids on it. And it's, um, I just, I loved that. It was just such a, a moment of innocence where you see two girls be girls, and just you know, even I think even as an adult when you write them, sometimes you you go back to you know, being a little kid. And so for me, I really enjoyed that little moment. I'm stunned. Neither of you said, did, neither of you said the arcade. That to me was just the best scene. I love the shit out of that. I've played Mortal Kombat 2 a million times and in, in an arcade just like that. Um, the fact that Riley, you know, took her like all night to break open that coin machine so they could keep playing, button mashing, they're screaming, they're yelling. It, it almost felt like this. The two performers were like, they just put a camera on the background, just like go have fun, and that's what made it so great because it's like they're genuinely having fun. And then we get the the cutaway to Mushroom Daddy, and it's just like we can't have nice things. Uh, yeah. But yes, that's the part I love the most because it brought me back to all my favorite times hanging out with my friends in the mall. Uh, let's uh, let's move on, yeah, to the. The Golden Clicker Award, and this is an interesting one. Of course, this goes to our best performance. Uh, not an easy one. So, Alicia, guest of honor, who gets the Golden Clicker Award, and why is it the horse? I don't know, Shimmer. Uh, that's not Shimmer. Never mind. Shimmer's in the second. Is that game. Shine? That's <laughs> <like it's> <laughs> uh that horse did a lot of work that horse did a lot of work it must suck to be in that cold garage (laughs) (laughs) don't with no oats with no oats no barley but anyway Um, who is who gets the golden clicker for best performance for you it's tough i mean it's it's obviously there's only two actresses in the whole damn episode but um I, I really got to say Bella Ramsey, they killed it. That scene where they're just smashing the shit. Ellie's just smashing the shit out of things out of pure rage because you just have to resign yourself to death. I, I mean, yeah, that was, oof, that hurt. Yeah. 
I think I'd be in that category for sure. Uh, Amanda, who gets the golden uh, clicker? It's tough because both actors did just an awesome, awesome job. Um, so hard. And they, they played so well off each other. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Bella as well. Um, I thought they did an outstanding, outstanding job. Storm did too, but you know, seeing Bella on, you know, I guess like the counter, I like the little dance scene and, you know, they're a little awkward, a little shy, then nuances like that, where you see, you see Ellie open up and relax. Those nuances are sometimes hard to master and feel very natural. And Bella Ramsey knocked it out given those, given those little, those nuanced performances. So that's what did it for me this week. I have to give it to Bella Ramsey as well. They every week it's like Bella Ramsey gives a terrific performance, but you know, we've got, you know, Pedro Pascal out there just, you know, having anxiety attacks and and crying. And you're like, all right, well, gotta give Mando the friggin' award. I mean, when's the last time you saw that guy cry? Oh, wait, the episode before. And so <laughs> I mean, he's been great. And so it, it's but here, Bella Ramsey, it, there's so much they have to do. There's the there's the indignance of what Fedra has indoctrinated Ellie with, like you were talking about, Alicia. Like they're like Ellie has that in in her, but yet she also has something much more stronger burgeoning inside of her, and that's her love for Riley, which is way more important than anything Fedra or any other ethos can be indoctrinated into her. She genuinely loves this person on multiple fronts like romantically and, and and as a friend they they're that's her family you know riley says you don't have a family well you know riley was her family and i think all the, the moments all the little ticks like when when ellie's fixing her hair in for the victoria's secret thing and you know it's like she's the nervous ticks like you were saying and also like fighting almost within herself too like when 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 riley's close to her face in the photo shoot it was like oh get off me but also like don't get off me like every teen does ever you know it's just like oh no 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 don't 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 hug me don't touch me no no, no i totally will i totally love it and it's just like this is this is what this is what the kids do the kids the girls didn't do that to me but like i mean it's so i'm assuming this is a regular experience for people um that's what happens when you go to an all boys catholic high school uh so you know what was able to happen there and then go then the full rage monster at the end full rage monster, and then completely turning in time and then crying and then we see the bravery that comes out at the end of i'm going to give you the, the most painful operation in the history of operations let's go like it, it's great and i'm very excited to see what happens next week with ellie because it looks like we're going to get a very Ellie-centric episodes with, you know, the the weirdos in the neighborhood um, that look like they're all from, like, those Canadian sitcoms and comedies. Everyone tells me I should watch, but I don't. Um, yeah, I, I was going to drop their names. I don't even remember what the fuck they're called. So, Bella Ramsey, clean sweep. So, let's get into... Um, the tinfoil hat time. Alicia, you've given us some insight potentially on the next episode. Uh, what do you think within, you know, we're, we're, we're rounding the, we're the final three episodes, right? We've got 10 episodes in the season. I want to say, or I could be wrong. I'll look at it right now. Yeah. No, I think we, we have nine. Have, yeah, so we're, have we have two left. So we're yeah. heading into the penultimate episode. 
based on what you know in the games, what can we uh, know without without giving anything away? What can we be expecting? Do you think a lot of violence, a lot of oh. unhinged violence from Ellie. I mean, rightfully so, because if you were in that situation and you're 14, you would be unhinged as well. But um, the main antagonist, they seem to be giving him more of a backstory. Um, David, I think that's his name, David. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it was David. Yeah, yeah, clearly very red flag creep. Um, Yeah, he's uh, he's got a backstory, apparently, in the next episode, according to the um, the preview. So that should be kind of fascinating. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of violence. Oh boy, <laughs> oh man, this show. Uh, Amanda, any any thoughts and theories or, or stuff you would want you're hoping to see within the next two episodes? You know, it's hard because I I didn't make it to this point in the video game, so I'm I'm blind going into it. But I, I kind of get the sense that these last few episodes are going to be a more Ellie centric. It feels like that transition is is going there. Um, so we're going to, we're going to see Ellie take a more center role. I don't know if I feel like we're going to get set up for another baddie. I just don't know. And David, I'm assuming is, is going to be the, the main baddie, but I don't feel like we're going to full blown get into that confrontation. I feel like that's going to be maybe set up for next season. Mm. I think, I think, I think we're going to get the, the intro, maybe something we're, we're going to get something, but I, I don't know if we're going to get a full blown, you know, I almost feel like it's going to be a cliffhanger ending of some sort. I feel like that's just the way it's going to go because they, they want people to come back next season. Mm-hmm. You got to give people some incentive to come back. You got to give the people what they want. Uh, I, well, I think I think Joel lives. I'm going to hope and hope that's going to happen uh, because it's going to be a little awkward. If it doesn't. Uh, I, I think Ellie's going to make it out, but I don't think making it back to Tommy is what's going to happen by the end of this season. Wouldn't be shocked if Tommy goes looking for Ellie. Alicia's like, I know what happened to you, moron. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, you know, I just don't think she makes it back to Jackson Hole, that beautiful, beautiful city where she should retire to, or where I would love to retire to, to be honest with you, in the winter seasons. Um, but yeah, I, I think Joel lives, uh, but uh, he's going to be severely um, compromised. And now on our final segment, it is Al's wacky waving inflatable rating system. Let's go on a scale of one to ten Mortal Kombat two fatalities. Uh, Alicia, as always, your expertise is loved and adored. Um, your mind palace is like an empty Claire's, so full of promise for the world and the House of Trades. Um, we'll see you into the Dune Two podcast later this year. Um, what do you rate this episode? Uh, I give it nine, uh, Melina, Melina fatalities out of 10. I didn't, yes. I didn't that was yes. a badass fatality. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the episode either? Oh yeah. Did this Sorry. live up to, okay. For, since you played the, since this was in the DLC, did this live up to your expectations? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and then some, like I said, they, they, they added a lot more just talking and I, I think there's just a lot more emotional depth than you got in the DLC, which is not to say the DLC is bad, but they definitely more characters. Well, Alicia's uh, Alicia just her signal dropped out for a minute. So uh, Amanda, 
why don't you give us your rating? And when Alicia comes back in, we okay. will let you know. Um, I'm also going to say nine. It, this was a really solid episode. Both uh, you know actors did a, a great job with this episode. And it's hard to carry something like this. One, because the expectations were so high. But then the other is that, you know, everyone's looking for action and, you know, excitement and, you know, so it, it, it's hard to follow some of the action, some of the, some of the already stellar episodes that we've had already. And this episode does another great job doing it. So, um, and I think it was a good pace compared to, you know, what we've, it's, it's a good pace to prepare us for the chaos of the next episodes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, as for me, let's see, I, I, I could have give this, yeah, I'm going to give this actually a nine and a half. This might be outside of the third episode. Um, this might be one of my favorites. I, I feel it was it, it was just this wonderful story of coming of age, but also of uh, of impending doom and innocence lost and all these classic tropes we see, but set in the American mall system, which is great because I live in New Jersey and there's a million friggin' malls. And, but I mean, the, at the heart of it, Bella Ramsey and Storm Reid deliver two Emmy worthy performances here. It's absolutely moving and outstanding. And it was heartbreaking. And the storytelling here was beautiful. Uh, Alicia has rejoined us. So Alicia, you gave the episode a nine. Uh, and I asked you if it lived up to your expectations. Uh, why don't you give us, uh, tell us what you feel. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know how much you guys caught. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. You're going to give it a nine. Oh, shit. Oh, and man. you're like, it lived up, to, it, it, it gave further explanation to, you know, back depth to your, ep- to the DLC. And then, <laughs> then you went into the Mind Palace. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of fleshed out a lot more of the world. Uh, you know, I think it did a great job of like, you know, small little details that you you kind of take for granted, like Ellie doesn't know what an escalator is, but she knows how to handle a gun, which would make sense for a kid living in a military orphanage um, with very limited education and knowledge. Um, you just get more of this, how this world works, uh, which I thought was really, really nice, a nice touch. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alicia, for joining us for this week. Uh, before we go, where could people find you on social media? And if you have any pop culture recommendations uh, for this week? Uh, yeah, I am on Twitter. You can find me at A Weinbee. That's W E I N B Y. And uh, pop culture recommendations. Um, yeah. Oh, there is a wonderful indie game that came out. If you want some nice get in touch with nature, post-apocalyptic vibes. I've yet to play it, but it is on my wish list because it looks fascinating. It's called Season Letter to the Future. It's a cute little double A game where you play as a young woman who goes on her bicycle to document the world before it ends. Um, but it has very similar Last of Us vibes, but minus the um, the bleak uh, zombie ridden mushroom future. All right, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. And for everyone who's here for the Mandalorian content, stay tuned because we will be right back with our guests coming in. Alicia, as always, hopefully we'll see you next week to discuss the penultimate episode of The Last of Us. Hey, you know it. You are our guide, our fearless leader. (laughs) And coming in like the Taylor Heineke of the podcast world that he is, Ben Murkison is joining us. What's up, dude? 
What's going on, guys? Ben! Uh, do we are still recording, just letting everyone know, because uh, Al, as always, fashionably late. Uh, before we get started, did you end up seeing any of The Last of Us's uh, episode from Sunday? She watched it just before coming on here, so I literally just saw it. That's why your eyes are red, I understand. (laughs) No, I worked until 8 o'clock and then immediately watched the show, so yeah. So So another Another tearjerker. I mean, beautiful episode. Loved everything about it. Poetic. Another great relationship to see come together and then torn apart. Although I'm I'm happy that they didn't show the bitter end of it, although they might still get around to that in a future episode, but... uh, yeah, it's it's never happy. <laughs> you can never leave that show smiling. But it's oh. so good. It's so good, though. It's so good, but it just rips your heart out. Absolutely. But which is that's... which is why it's nice to have the Mandalorian. <laughs> I was about to say, on a happier note, yeah. uh, uh, a happier note, I take my lightsaber and I pass the lightsaber of podcast hosting over to. Amanda Rivas, Al will join us when he joins at us. He's probably point. in the quantum realm somewhere. You know, I know where he's particles. at. He's hanging out in the garage with the little Anzillions. He's hanging out with the Babu Fricks people. That's where he's at right now. That's a cool place to be. <laughs> That's where he's at. <laughs> so uh, he will join us, I'm sure. Uh, once or, he's done hanging out with them. We're not sure if he'll actually show up or not, but we'll let him on. So Amanda... Or he could be, he could be helping out Din with... IG-88's parts. You never know. But at some point, you know, I was thinking about this, Bill. I was thinking about you know, that whole scene with, you know, Din showing Grogu the buttons. I'm like, sweet baby boy right now. I think you've shown me the buttons. So here we go. <laughs> I did. I showed you the buttons. This is, that is, and the enemy is coming in. So Amanda, I was called you Alicia. Take it away. All right. Well, guys, this is the moment we have been waiting for. And I'm so, so excited. This is my season. It's a Mandalorian season. Everybody, your human Star Wars encyclopedia is going to um, hopefully steer this Naboo N1 Starfighter on the right path. But we can't do this without, of course, our managing editor of the PopBreak.com jumped right in on time. Our duly minted, or doubly minted, I should say, Dadalorian. Al Manorino, how you doing? Uh, what's going on, guys? I've just realized my audio is messed up, so I will talk to you guys in a minute. You sound like a god. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I was about to say that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good mess there. <laughs> how was how was the quantum realm that you were in for a few weeks? You know, wow. I just I just said you were hanging out with Babu Frick's people in the garage. Baba Frick, bad baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's going on, guys? I'm 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 super happy to be here. Sorry, I have not been on the last uh, the last of us couple episodes. I know this is a a cool uh, episode that we're doing uh, today, where we're talking about both. Um, I'm just not caught up. I've been too busy watching uh, Formula One uh, Drive to Survive. My God, my <laughs> God. On your birthday, you're like, um, let's say, imbibed in a few too many pin particles and are like, hey, watch this Formula One thing. And I'm like, are you who hurt you? Yeah. You yeah, okay? I actually I said that to my uh, I, I told my wife in all seriousness, Ben, ben will appreciate this, too, specifically because he just got married pretty recently. And me and him are like roughly the same age. And I think we're just getting older every day. Um, but I told my wife, I'm like. Uh, golf starts tomorrow morning and then F1 starts the following morning. And I'm like, do you believe, did you ever think that I'd be watching golf and racing? And she's like, no, 
uh, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, but I I'm, like it. I'm older than all of you on this podcast, and I will never. I'm watching watch golf either. while I'm at the gym. Like it's getting to that point. Oh God, I don't yeah. know who you're turning into. Yeah, the but first race know. on Sunday. It's a big one coming up. It's Amanda, Amanda, right, save us. But see, you know, You're our only hope. You know, I'm just gonna have to turn things over to our resident poor guy. We've added this to your bio. I feel like it's really not there, Ben. But you're our resident cocaine expert. <laughs> That's been established here. Uh, well, you started this, so don't don't act like surprised. <laughs> but I forget my jokes half the time. But yeah, no, we. I you know, I just want to get your thoughts. On yeah. Cocaine Bear, because I still haven't seen it, and I want to see it. And I've been thinking about, I, I just really want to know, because especially now that you can get, did you guys know, Funko's dropping two pops, two Cocaine Bear pops, uh, and you have to be 18 to pre-order those pops. <laughs> I've never seen that happen, ever. At least for, and, and somebody correct me you on can the internet. Get, you can get any other any, pop. Yes. But but cocaine bear because it has the word cocaine in the, it, but it's fine no. that it's in the movie theater. It's it's because one of the pops the one of the pops has the bag and the bear has coke. That's why. It's a it's Is a, there a Scarface pop with the like coke no. on his face. I'm gonna find no. But, but but Bill's gonna do some research. So Ben, tell us about yeah. cocaine bear and sell me on why we should sell us all on why we should go see this. Just a yeah, look to the hype. I saw it opening night and it was great because uh, AMC was giving away uh, bags of gummy bears with your entry. So I was just sitting there popping gummy bears, watching cocaine bear. But uh, I mean, because nobody else here is seated and, you know, everybody came on here to listen to Last of Us and Mandalorian, not to get spoilers for cocaine bear. I'll keep it really simple, but movie delivered exactly what you would expect it to. It was exactly what I wanted. It was funny. Uh, it was violent. Very, very violent. Uh, the bear actually looked great. Like the CGI was pretty solid. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that was my one worry is that it was just going to be like really fake looking and you couldn't take it seriously. But it was nothing like Sharknado. Type. You know, they actually had a budget for this thing. Um, it's not a film where character development matters at all uh, because they're just humans or, or bear fodder. Um, they're just there to get eaten and destroyed. Bear fodder. Uh, yes. So they all you really need out of the characters is for them to have like some over the top like personalities, be kind of quirky, um, you know, have some funny dialogue, good comedic timing, um, and then just make them stand out like in their respective scenes until you know their moment comes to come face to face with this this cocaine fueled bear. Uh, and I thought they all did a great job. So. Highly recommend you all see it. And as a nice little segue tie it, it does have Carrie Russell and Alden Angrich, if you pronounce his name like that, that was in Solo. Oh, and yeah. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Reich. Aaron. Aaron. So there you go. It's got three people with Star Wars ties. Oh, man. I can't wait for Solo to. Oh. oh. They should have a Solo too, or at least a series at this point. I would watch it. I know. I know. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, kind of Star Wars people appearing everywhere, let's pregame a little bit. Tell So Pedro Pascal is everywhere snl last of us i've seen him all you know according to brandon he's all over my tiktok feed um he's been on every talk show he's everywhere do you guys feel like there's a risk of pedro pascal burnout in the horizon are we are we gonna are we gonna see people maybe start kind of getting getting a little tired of seeing him i mean what do you think bill i'm gonna turn it over to you first um so I don't think so because what's we're you know just because we have this like kind of historic crossover like there's it's very rare that someone it star is starring in two of the most talked about shows in the world at the exact same time um so like I don't and with the last of us ending and then Mando ending in April um he really doesn't 
have anything coming out like within 2023 that's been announced yet. So it's like by April, we will not have any Pedro Pascal on our TVs anywhere except when we get to like Emmys and stuff like that. So I don't think we're, and then he'll be filming Mando 4 and Last of Us 2 if his character makes it to Last of Us 2, which I assume it will. Um, so I think we'll be fine. Uh, I just hope he doesn't take another dad you know dad figure with a small kid because you know they say three times a charm but i say three times is going to be harm for his career because the typecasting kills a lot of careers so ben what do you think and do you think that pedro runs the risk of being typecasted i mean you could but i think he's smart enough to to recognize what bill just said and that he shouldn't be going for another one at this point um he's got enough i mean if you scan like his IMDb, there's some movies and stuff coming out, I guess. Uh, so I think seeing him in some different mediums besides just these two shows uh, will be big. And I also, I mean, I know these are two huge shows, but there's people that aren't watching. Uh, so they're not tired of him in that respect, too. So I think it'll be OK. We see some of the same actors and actresses and everything for like a period of time. And then, you know, they have their moment and then it's on to somebody else. And then they come circle around and kind of reinvent themselves. So I think we'll be all right. And plus, it's all spaced out, like you said. Like, it's not like they're turning out one season and the next season. You've got two years in between, and then maybe they pop up on a, a show to save it a little bit here and there. And Al, what do you think? I, I don't think he'll be... I don't think we're going to, like, have too much of him, you know? I think the 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 one thing I didn't like... I mean, it, it's arguable, but, like, his choices and roles were always, like, the, like the charming villain or like the seemingly like nice guy turned villain i mean he, he did it in the kingsman sequel he did it in uh wonder woman uh 84. 84 um and i i think now that he is like the tv dad god he can kind of do and pick whatever he wants and and but he's always game for things right so it's like he'll he'll do one of those roles just just because like i don't think he's looking for a paycheck anymore like he is like a very 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 um you know wanted uh actor so i I just i don't think i think people really like him as long as he stays um this good on screen and even better with like the red carpet and fans like like the internet adores this guy i don't think we're gonna get fatigue um there's he so far at this point he doesn't have like a, a a downside or bad side he's not one of the uh least like chris's like in the marvel universe like a, a chris pratt who you know the internet loves to hate um so i i think he's in good standing right now i think people are you know is like again if as long as he doesn't pick like have like 10 duds in a row in terms of like movies or tv shows i think we're gonna you know enjoy this run of pedro pascal I feel like myself, I, I don't think there's a big risk of burnout. Again, I, I agree. Everybody's made some excellent points. Um, I think just him being smart about his choices uh, helps a lot. But I even think at a certain point, because he's so charming in interviews and the media, that even if he did some duds, people would still love him. I almost feel like he's he 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 might have the potential to reach the Keanu Reeves level of adoration. Okay. I, I feel like that's where he's he's he can go and he's getting there, especially with landing these roles. I think Mando really just even though Game of Thrones put him on the map, I feel like Mando was really what was pushing. It gave him that push. And then just is you know, here's the icing on the cake with The Last of Us um, and then the cherry with, 
you know, the Mario Kart SNL. Um, So, so, I mean, I I think he's like right there where he could be another Keanu Reeves where the internet and people love him. And if you don't love him, then you can go eat a fat one, you know? (laughs) Just putting putting it mildly. Exactly. So speaking of uh, our favorite... (laughs) Wait, speaking of, you're going to segue off of that? Yes, she's already a better host than me. (laughs) I'm going to segue off of that. Speaking of our our favorite, you know, hot dad in the galaxy here, um, what is your your hype level? I just want to know what everybody's hype level was prior to seeing this episode. So while Bill and Ben are dying over here, Al, what was your hype level before seeing this episode? I'm I'm texting someone uh, about work. Uh, There's like a (laughs) a podcast emergency, actually. So, uh, yeah, my hype level going into this... I, I texted, I, I messaged Bill on Facebook Messenger again. This is how the podcast started. It was just Bill and I talking on Facebook Messenger. Um, and I said, said specifically, uh, let me find it. Hold on. This is good podcasting right here. Wait, is this the one from the other day? Yeah. Well, yeah, to... you're like, hey, you with the face. We yeah, got I said, Mandalorian. Hey, you with the face. <laughs> we got the we got the Mandalorian tomorrow. And I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> like on my mom's was, couch, I mean, like, like half asleep. Like, I, I fucking know, dude. I run a pop culture site. Yeah, but like I, I think that was just so freaking excited. I mean, like <sighs> it, it's definitely the most hyped. It has to be one of the most hyped shows of the year in the sense of like yeah. the marketing push for this is nuts like the amount of social that i've seen from it the amount of commercials i believe we saw super bowl spots of it like it 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 is like one of the biggest pop culture moments of the year it has become that it is a it is the show on disney plus in a with the network that has you know countless marvel shows and uh movie premieres and things like that coming onto the network this is one of it maybe top three top five biggest shows of the year um and we're gonna get a lot of those now but just you know like succession and things like that but like this is up there with succession in terms of like the amount of like hype level uh i'm right up there i'm so i was so excited for this i i I legit could not wait to be back with our baby boy and and space daddy like i'm i was just so hyped did you say did you did you watch at 2 a.m like everybody else i know and i could have but i was like you know what uh let me save it for tomorrow and I, luckily i did because i had the absolute worst day yesterday and i know that yeah. really really helped honestly I, I i told my wife i'm like hey i need to watch mandalorian now just to get somewhat in a better mood and it really did work okay. for those 37 minutes uh that were interrupted twice by uh baby um yeah great uh just definitely it like instant mood lifter and I want to say, I think I saw a poll and maybe it was on Nerdist or maybe comicbook.com where it said um, that Mando was one of the top three like sci-fi fantasy shows of all time. And I can believe that. I can a thousand, a thousand tempers I believe that. I know my hype level, I was a 2 a.m. I'll go, I'll go there. I was, I was up at 2 a.m., watched it. I even stayed up and watched it again and then went to sleep. So I didn't sleep much. The oak was already killing me. And I'm like, you know what? This just, this, I was ready for this. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So here we are. Ben, tell me about your hype level coming in. Yeah. I mean, I was super excited for it. Um, 
Especially because like a lot of the shows that I'm currently watching right now are in their last like, episode or two where they've already had their season finales. And so I like to always have something to look forward to. And this show is definitely one that I'm going to look forward to like week in, week out. It's like, oh, great. We can watch this now. Um, and I mean, it's it's crazy. If not for like the, the Boba Fett arc, like we wouldn't have not have seen the show since like the end of 2020, which just seems so, so long ago. Uh, so I really actually I need to go back and rewatch season one and season two because the Boba Fett arc is the only thing that I've seen in recent you know memory. So I was trying to connect the dots a little bit here going back into it. But I'm that excited. I'll go back and rewatch all the other episodes just to to kind of get back in the feeling. And it's so lighthearted and fun. Like, you know, like I said, it's so it uh, it can definitely lift your spirits when you need it. And Bill, what? what was your hype level? I didn't have a hype level going into the show because I was just like, like on yesterday, because I was just like, you're here. Let's do this. I'm I'm, I'm glad to see you. you. It's like a long lost family member has returned. And now my Wednesdays are now perfect because I get to come home from work and I get to watch AEW Dynamite from 8 to 10. And then from 10 to 1 ever, I watch The Mandalorian. And it's like wrestling in Star Wars. I'm seven again. I'm my daughter's. I'm eight. I'm my daughter's age again. And I'm just like, yay. I, this is all my childhood stuff is now back in. Please just bring DuckTales back and I'll be good to go. But um, Al's like, God damn it. Just another spear in my heart. Um, but too soon. I, it is way too soon. Even though the show has been off the air for two years. Mm-hmm. It is, um, it's way too soon. Uh, I'll be 50 and I'll be still too soon, which is like next year. Uh, but going into all the trailers the hype level was huge but i was like guys you know what i'm not going to raise the bar for myself i'm not going to do like high expectations i'm just going to go into it because i am i am like the world is healing now because mando's back like i like i was excited i was just like it was an emotional spiritual experience for me that's a really good way to put it that's spiritual i i feel the same way because i'm like my world is right again and i i feel like you know al i think you brought up a good point about social media you know, they had the countdowns like every day. I was like, you are amping me up. I think. And then I posted it to like, I know my stories and it's like other people were like, you're hyping me up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry at the same time. And it was just this beautiful moment of connection. <laughs> I was like, my world is right. And then with wrestling for me too, I, I get you, Bill, the wrestling part of it too. It's like everything on this one glorious day. And I don't even like Wednesdays usually. They're not Fridays. And so it's like, all was right in the world again, guys. But let's talk about, let's just dive into the episode here. So, you know, right off the bat, we get this really awesome opening, you know, with this giant, you know, almost like, it almost reminded me of the Mosasaurus. Ben, we were talking about this, the, the Mosasaurus from Jurassic Park kind of thing. You know, you get this 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 huge, this this nice big fight. Um, and and Papa, Papa Din just shows up, saves the day. And here's the armorer saying, okay, yeah, you're here and you're an apostate. You took off your, you took off your helmet. The way she said it though, was interesting to me. Like it's, why are you here? There's no hope. Given what we saw in Boba Fett, remind me if I'm wrong guys, especially you, Alex, I know how much you love Boba Fett. Um, Put that curse on me. I know, right? Um, but she was the one who's told him what to do and where to go to get everything fixed. So, so yeah. do you feel like, you know, with Din kind of repeating this back to her about, well, I'm going to find the minds of Mandalore and whatnot in this episode, do you, do you feel like any of this conflicted, you know, with what happened, what, with what we saw in Mando 2.5 is what I'm going to call it? Yeah, or- it wasn't like a confliction. It was almost like a, like a, uh, reinstatement or like a not not reinstatement but like um 
what's the what's the thing that stating. you're like, you're like a, or retread like some retread or like a, like a mission statement more like it's like it's kind of repeating what what that mission is like you know it, it's funny and, and bill and i were talking about this before, before and i think we'll get into it later of like you know some people skipped book of boba fett so it's like you you come into the season they're like oh wow uh grogu's back and uh okay this is what we're doing sweet like all right it's kind of picking up where we left off in season two but at the same time it's like there's some, some gaps here so it's like we need to tell people again what yeah. he needs to do because they may have missed it so or forgot because people or tried totally to forgot because it was a long time ago yeah yeah. No, it was a year ago, <laughs> but but so much has happened within a year. Ah, so much has happened. Ah. Well, I mean, Bill, what do you what do you think? I mean, do, and and I almost feel like, at least for me, the tone of the armor was different compared to what she was in Boba Fett. And I think that's where, for me, the, the questions are coming from. I mean, what do you think? I think it was, I think it like what Al was saying, it was like, oh, <laughs> man, people didn't really watch Boba Fett probably, and we don't really want to bring that show up again. So let's let's just state this thing. And I, it almost also was a way of being like, hey, just because you beat Space Gator over here uh, doesn't mean you're good. Because he comes out of nowhere, he's a hero, and you feel like he's going to get that hero reaction of, you saved us from Space Gator. And they're like, she's like, no, this, this doesn't mean we're even you still violated the law and let's let's face it the armor is quick to cast anyone off so she she gives zero fucks about anything so it's like she sticks to her principles and nothing's going to change that and i think that's an important thing to because i think we kind of assume he's the hero so it'll be fine but nope yeah she threw some shade it was just the way she said it too. That was just straight up. I'm like, woof, ice cold reception, ice cold. Ben, what'd you think? I just like Space Gator at this point. I feel like uh, Betty White, rest in peace, was still feeding those those gators for the last like 20 yeah, what years. If we threw, what if we threw cocaine into the mix? I, I mean, was about to say, there's cocaine, a space there. Cocaine, gators in space. Like, yeah, okay. that would work. Uh, somebody's, I mean, somebody's already written that, it at this point. That, I mean, that, that gator took a beating, man. And did a gator roll. So, is I mean, that what like, spice is? Is spice just like Star Wars cocaine? Well, that's uh, that one that's in. Be. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, first off, that's Dune. But I'm like, no, there's Boba Fett. Too, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You got to go back and watch, watch Boba Fett. So you... <laughs> I'm not fucking watching that show. Okay. I love how we always go back to cocaine now. <laughs> it's, it's Ben. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I don't think it's I did ben. it. That's that's all that was Al just talking because of Ellis. Because of Ellis, guys. Yeah. I'm going to blame Alex Marcus for bringing Ellis into our lives because we had to watch that again. But, um, Yes, my, but my thoughts, yeah. I don't know. I was just going to say my thoughts on it with the armor was just, it was reinstating, like I said, kind of um, you know, what she had said before that you know, this is the only way you can atone yourself, but the waters are gone. The planet's destroyed. So tough luck there. And he's like, <laughs> so she's got the same energy, but then he's basically like, but stay with me here. What if I could like, <laughs> then I'd be cool. Right. And she's like, yeah, fuck it. Okay, sure. Go. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I read you. oh i I heard that in uh harry's voice as well so you're saying there's a chance somebody mean that someone anyone oh Um, that's a good one actually that would be that would be good i mean i I don't know about y'all's time like time uh news feeds and all that but mine right now is completely covered by the nicholas cage pedro pascal variation of the the whole from yeah that's that's mine so I'm, i'm ready for a new one although i love this one but um so you guys, we do a lot of traveling in this episode, and we'll get to that. 
Um, there's there's a lot happening here. So um, so we get to Navarro. We see the the iconic handshake. I I popped. I'm not gonna lie. It never gets old to me. Carl Weathers, bless you. Love you. Um, so let's talk about the elephant in the room with Cara Dune. How did so Grief Carga says, well, so she can't be my marshal because after she arrested Moff Gideon, she got recruited by special forces. And what? that means the Republicans. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what? what do you guys think of how that was handled? Do you do you feel like because I mean it was a it was a big deal with everything that that happened? Um, and I mean, she was at the end of the finale of season two. I mean, do you guys, would you guys have handled that differently? Do you think, how, how did y'all think that went? So I'm going to start with you, Ben. I, mean, I think it was perfect. You know, it was kind of just a throwaway line that explains why she's not around, you know, no sense in spending a whole lot of time and energy on it. Um, you know, the decision was made to move on from her, obviously, and thus from that character too. So just let her be out there somewhere in the galaxy. I don't feel like there's any need to go like full uh, two and a half men route and like, continue, like to just bag onto the whole show and just make it weird at this point. So perfect throwaway line. She's gone. Let's move on. Bill. Um, they didn't kill her off, which because that would have been a big social media reaction from her and people who are supporting her and stuff like that. And I, th- you know, it, it also like opens the door if Gina Carano was ever like, you know what, maybe I was wrong. And then it's like, <laughs> that happens so often. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. But, but by meaning I'm so wrong, it's like, I need the money to get them checks. And I think that's, uh, that could happen. So we bring it back. And also I think it's like, Cara Dune was a character that Mando cared for and for grief to be like, Oh, she died. He would have, that would have changed the whole mood of the episode. And he would have wanted to mourn because that's what he does. That was his friend. So, um, and she joined the Republic, which, you know, jokes right themselves. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That was, that was well played. That really was Al. your thoughts. Yeah. I honestly, like it's, I think it's the safe way to go. Like you, you, it's recognizing that she exists still, but like at the same, she's, you know, it's a big galaxy. She's doing her own shit. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I want to, I, I, I like to steal that line. I'm going to write that. That's yeah. going to be, I'm going to use that at some point somewhere. Yeah. And it does leave it open for her to be, uh, for her to come back or be recast again. Like they could have easily recasted her with the uh, Xena warrior princess. It would have been oh, better. Oh, Lucy Lawless. That would have been, awesome. been great. Like they could have done great. that. But like, I, again, I think they're just trying to avoid any more, you know, back not even backlash but like annoyance from yeah. that other side uh literally that other side of the aisle um yeah uh, i mean fine it's yeah whatever i, I, I thought it was done. the character's name exactly yeah. Sarah Dune. <laughs> well Sarah Dune. I, th- I thought it was interesting the way it made sense too it wasn't like they just were like she's patrolling some crazy other part of the galaxy we haven't or she's on tatooine or somewhere we haven't we've either been to or haven't been to yet um you know, I it, it made sense. They acknowledged that, yeah, she played a big part in capturing Moff Gideon. So from a storyline perspective, it makes sense. But I think it also did a good job of minimizing just her character. Like you said, Al, is not, a, is not that important. Yes, she was in the marketing. Yes, she was involved. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, she is a character. And she played her part. And she can come back at some point. She's, not, she's not Ahsoka. Like, right. Yeah. But like, the, you, know the, I mean? the, you know what the more interesting thing was? 
was that they quickly pivoted to, hey, Moff Gideon went to this camp, which means like he's out there, you know, he's going to escape. Like, that's what I'm more interested in. Like, let's get Giancarlo Esposito back in the show and have him go for the Darksaber. Let's let's just go. This is this is the way this is the way. Imagine if he gets his own like prison break episode. It's like one way out. (laughs) And and, and Bill Burr's there with him because we gotta bring that Southie space trash back. He's like, hey, I'll fucking get you out. And it's just (laughs) the worst South Boston accent in history. But you know, it works. Um, You know, but speaking of people coming back, characters coming back, maybe, maybe not. Okay, guys, you we get to, of course, the middle of Navarro. And there is this whole really cool statue all of a sudden of IG-88, our nurse droid. Um, Do you guys think, I mean, of course, it feels like Mando's going on a side quest now, it sounds like. And of course, we got the the world's cutest little Babu Fricks, the cutest little mechanic shop um, (laughs) out there in the galaxy. But what do you guys think? Should we resurrect IG-88? Do you you guys think the grand scheme of things, it... Do we need this? What do you think, Bill? I was having a hard time with that one because I'm just like, they're like, oh, I need IG. All of a sudden, he's like, well, I have to go to Mandalore, so I need IG-88. And I'm just like, why? And it's like, they give some sort of half-hearted answer. And I'm just like, I don't know. Do we really, do we need this character back? And why is this a big quest? Like, he's like dead set that he needs it. And I, I never really fully understood why. Outside of let's bring my familiar character back. Uh, I mean, listen, IG88 was great. Taika ATD was awesome in it, but it just feels I don't feel like the motivation to bring him back or the reasoning is really there for me. They didn't really sell me on why we needed him back. And that was a kind of a, an issue I had with this episode. It's like there was like Mando just tells a lot of people what he's going to do, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, well. Give me more <laughs> or give me less. Give me like that was my problem. I think this episode felt like it was a if you cut out the space battle, like this pirate battle and space gator, this is a 15 minute like special you could have done to preview the series of just like, hey, I'm going around telling everyone what I'm going to do. And that's it. Like, I don't know. The IG-88 thing just didn't connect with me. What do you think, Al? Did it connect with you? I mean, I loved I love the idea of them bringing him back because he is a, a droid and like it kind of works differently than like resurrecting a, a human. Um, you know, I, I, lo- I also love when he said, like, no, I want him. He's my friend. Like, yeah, this true. is the dude who didn't yeah. trust droids. droids. Like, this yeah. is the guy who was like dead, like kind of scared of them because they like murdered his entire family and like his planet. So I thought that was very special. I felt like it probably didn't need to take over more than one episode. I think that's where the disconnect was, whereas like they didn't fix him. And uh, I guess maybe they were trying to do it. So it was like not expected, but like at the same time, it just like, now we have a fetch quest. Like, come on. I hate fetch quests. Let's not make fetch happen, guys. I don't like, I don't like fetch quests. So yeah, I'm I'm, like excited to see him back. I love Taika Waititi. Like I'd love to see, you know, him come back to the role and all that kind of stuff but at the same time it's like i totally get what bill's saying like why can't you get like literally any other droid why don't you just bring grogu to like a jedi babysitter get a little ahsoka action and then go do it yourself like you have a helmet you should be able to breathe down there you have a helmet 
Isn't that the whole point of those things? Like he can just like breathe on their like he could go in space, probably. I'm guessing. I don't know how this shit works. I just to keep going. shit works. What does that helmet do? Maybe floating in a Bacta tank or something? I don't know. Maybe make something with the Bacta? I don't know. You have a mob boss best friend now. He can fucking hook you up with a droid, probably. He's more of a politician than a mob boss. Come on. Who knows what he is? It's a school, not a bar, Who knows what he is? The book has never been written. It's a school, not a bar. It's a school. school it's a school, not a bar. That was great. <laughs> ben, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think tech is great, um, but it, it does seem unnecessary. Uh, if you want another droid on the show as a character, just create one. Every time they create a droid, it's awesome. Like, so I'd rather just yeah. meet a new gun. Um, I think it's just a, a weird like plot device to have him go off on a side mission. Uh, you know, the character already got like a really cool death. Um, Got a statue built to commemorate it. I feel like that's all you can hope for as a droid. Like, uh, don't cheapen it now. Just let that be the end. And how much funnier would have been like if they did? I kind of thought in my mind if they did like a thing where they tried to bring him back, but then of course he wakes up and he you know immediately tries to kill Grogu and they have to kill him. They should have just been like, so new droid, <laughs> let's go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been really good. Uh, just cute of them shopping for a new droid. I like but also it's like oh. he he's like, oh, I know where to go. Then he goes to Bo Katan, and I'm just like. I was like, thinking he, I'm like, I was thinking he was going to Amy Sedaris. Yeah, I, I, thought I thought that, that too. I figured that's where he's going now, right? To find. Well, the, well why did he go to Bo Katan? Who was why just like go, all yeah. pissed off in her chase lounge? Sorry, I was yeah. thinking. Wet, I just was on a wet leg before. So is this like it was? I'm just chase, like, chase lounge. Chase lounge. Anyway, so, um, yes. fr- no, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point because it, it would have made more sense if he went to uh, was it the armor. Yeah, their name is yes. Went to the armor, did all that, and then immediately went to Bo Katan. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, I'm gonna go like look for our planet or or look for our planet and make sure like we can go back there, blah blah blah. And they're like, that's not gonna happen. He's like, no, it's fine, I'll do it. And then he goes to Bo Katan and says the exact same thing. Like, that would have made more sense the way that they like bookended the episode with basically the same conversation was strange it was really yeah. odd and feel like the Bo-Katan not even a reveal like we knew she was a big part of the season or whatever but it's like that scene felt so rushed so short and it, does she live the, in the whole planet by herself what is happening there's no one there she's got it's a very droid weird she's got a yeah. single droid <laughs> very, very cool colors too well, when nobody from her house survived. I don't think because it was just her and her sister, from what I recall from the, yeah, the Clone but, Wars. But so, so they again, like I, I guess I, I see why a lot of people are complaining about like the absence of explanation of time. Not only do we have this gap between uh, Boba or season two, season two Boba and this, like how long has Mando had Grogu since? Um, season two and what has happened so she has she went to go reclaim mandalore with these people with no saber they're like fuck you and they left like i don't apparently that's crazy apparently but But, the dark saber has a lot of power though that's the thing like but i get that but why didn't like why did she even do it if she didn't have the dark saber well and and so here's i guess she tried to con her way into it but i i agree with you al because it's just like i was like okay hey I say space gator's dead. I'm good. 
No, you got to go to Mandalore. Okay, yeah. I know who wants to go to Mandalore, Bo-Katan. Hey, Bo-Katan, I want to go to Mandalore. I, you, we're going to go together, right? This is cool. I don't have anyone. Go piss off. You still have the dark saber. Then he was like, okay. Piss off, ghost. <laughs> piss off, ghost. <laughs> and, and he's just like, okay, cool. I know. So I need a babysitter for Grogu. Oh, Grief has IG-88 as a statue. Cool. I go see him. He'll hook me up, right? And then it's just like, no. And then it's like, all right, well, then I need his part. Well, Amy Stairs has a part. So well, I never remember her name. It's just like Space Amy Stairs. Space Stairs. Pele, right? Oh, Pele, yeah. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so like that makes a lot more sense as an episode as opposed to whatever we just got. Yeah, I mean, I... I you know, for me, IG eleven coming back, I, I'm not 100 percent sold on it because I mean that the way he went out on a on his beautiful sacrifice at the end of season one, it was so magnificently done that I'm like, does this negate that? But then also to me, it, it would have worked if they said, oh, he went to Mandalore before. He's got some, you know, some hidden knowledge of these mines, or uh, there's some sort of tie there. Um, and just yeah, I, I you know we we can definitely segue segue into that with with the the thoughts on y'all thoughts and y'all are already sharing that and which which the transition from season two to two point five to this I agree with you Al in terms of of you know the time Favreau came out in an interview and clarified that but do you guys feel like this episode should have outlined that better because Favreau was saying that Grogu was with Luke for two years training. That's that's the the timeline. So so Grogu was with Luke for two years. Less than two years, he said. Oh, less. Okay, less yes. than two. Years. So so he couldn't say a year, and he couldn't say two years, but it's it's less than two years. It's like time a is a 16. construct. Yeah, t- so especially in Star Wars, time is basically timey wimey. Mm. It is. You yeah. Know, so would you guys have? What would you guys have done differently? Like, what what were your your thoughts on it, Ben? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you you can't rely on people to read interviews or like read outside sources with a show this big. You need to make sure you go through and try to clarify it. Um, I mean, I'm fine with the time frame, but that's what the time frame is. It just needed to be explained in in some way. I mean, you could do a throwaway line like two years ago when he went to blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, cool. We know how long it was. Like just something simple like that. Um, I think it works if Grogu was training because at least it doesn't cheapen the whole mission to like get him with the Jedi and, and get him training with the Jedi because that was what they were trying to do initially. So if he actually spent some time and learned some tricks, even if it's just how to spin a chair around and uh, steal m ms that's enough. Like, it's fine. He's uh, he's managing his powers like and having fun with them. So uh, he was the cutest little slacker, cutest Dude. little slacker in the galaxy. Just you know? swinging his chair back around. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the boat. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in. The Bo-Katan, the Bo-Katan of it all is the thing that not ruins the episode, but it ruins this like it ruins the idea of like where you were supposed to be left off of season two. Season two ends gloriously. Ah, uh, so many. Tears. Gloriously. Oh, yeah. Beautifully. With, with Grogu going away with Luke. Bo is like, well, shit, I still don't have this goddamn dark saber. Um, what am I going to do? Then we get season two and a half, which is messy. And a lot of people don't like it, but there's like two, two or three yeah. amazing episodes that are basically season two and a half where we get to see Grogu in his training. We take him away. Um, he's reunited with with Mando, all this kind of stuff. You guys all know this. I'm reiterating it because they didn't. it sets it sets up season three where they're back together. Gang's all here. 
And he wants to do the thing that he talked to the armorer about in two and a half. Season three starts with him doing that same thing again, as you're saying. And then we have to go check out what's happening with Bo. Oh, yeah, I tried again. Everyone left me. I suck. It's like, that's weird. Like, I think they could have started with Bo. You could have you could have taken out the whole armor thing to begin with because he already has that mission. He knows what he has to do. So you're going to just reiterate that again? I, you know, yeah, the, only difference, we, the only difference I saw was that he had gone through the trouble, I guess, over the course of whatever time it was to find that artifact to basically show her that maybe it's not a poison planet and maybe it's actually possible. So he was just trying to reiterate, like, so if I do this, like, it's cool. Like, if I figure out a way to do it, that's like literally the only difference in the conversation is he has something to support that he could potentially do it. So that would have been great. And here's how you fix that. You start the episode with Bo-Katan. He comes, visits Bo and says, I went, I failed, my whole team left me, but I found this. And now we know what the artifact is. And then he could take it to the armor and say like, hey, here's proof. And she's like, that's not proof. Okay, well, guess what? I'm going to go get a droid and I'm going to prove it to you. We just, oh, man, he, just like he just has the artifact. Maybe they just edited it together. Yeah. He's got to flip it. They, it. It felt like they tried... They tried to be like, oh, guys, we made a terrible mistake by doing the Book of Boba Fett. So what we need to do is we need to remind everyone of who the characters are in this season. And we have to remind everyone what happened. And we're going to do it really, really quick. But we have to give the most information possible. But we want to make people feel comfortable that they're back in the Mandalorian. And I was just like. The Mandalorian, like I just posted the review on Pop Break, and like a Mandalorian is best when it is like a finely cooked meal. You have your appetizer, you have everything, and you slowly get to it. You get to the main course, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You really sink your teeth into it. This was like, oh shit, guys, we are late. Here is a burger. Here's some Burger King. Let's go. And that's what it felt like. We this whole episode felt rushed. It was a 35 to 38 minute episode. 37. 37. Yeah, it was 37. And and unforgivably short for the premiere of one of the most talked about shows of the year. This could have easily been an hour. This could have we could have let it simmer. We could have really got a fine stew going on there, bringing it back to Carl Weathers. And we could have just been like, hey, this is what's happening, guys. Yeah. You know, and 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 we all would have sat there and would have ate it up. We'd be like, great, we're back with our space dad and the sweetest baby boy. We'll sit here for an hour. Take your time. But they or, rushed it. Or they could have done, they could have given us a few more episodes. Give us like 10. And, you know, with the, and, and with the sure. rest of the shows, I feel like they dropped two episodes ahead for the premiere. They could have turned this into two clean episodes. One episode that's like a recap, you know, for everybody who missed out. And then the other, you know, because to me, I felt like Bo-Katan, I agree with you, Al, because it's, well, what happened? You know, you were at this point where she was, she, did she challenge him for the Darksaber or did she not? Mm-hmm. You know, all those questions, you know, were just left unanswered. You know, of course, it's, well, everybody left me because I didn't, I didn't get the Darksaber. I think they answered him fine. I think the way that they presented the evidence or presented the ideas i think was wrong i think they i think they should have let off with that because we it's again we it's we never had to get a replay before like this with the armor i thought it was nonsensical like we we literally saw it and 
and you know, we keep shitting on the Book of Boba Fett. Those two episodes, so every episode of the Book of Boba Fett, I'm just looking on IMDb. What's tell me what what you think they they do a, a zero to ten scale out of ten ten point oh so they could go into like four point five whatever what do you think the lowest ranked episode of Book of Boba Fett is mm, six point four that's you just looked at it you motherfucker no, so it is six point four I think we've talked about I think we've talked about it this it before that's why I remember so it. It, it's I remember to pay the fucking bills on time but I can those two episodes with the Mandalorian are nine point twos both yeah. of them. They're by far the high, most highly rated episodes. People saw them, you know, t- at least 24,000 people who voted on each of those. They saw them like th- a, a big portion of those people saw that that happened. That's what you put the previously on. Mm-hmm. Make that the previously on because it's the whole point. That's what happened before. It's not what happened in season two. It's what happened in season two and a half. And um, let's do a good pause right there. No, we, I know. We, 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 yeah. You, well, apparently, Al, you've, you've upset Ben. He I disappeared. did. <laughs> he got so mad. God. He got so <laughs> mad. Oh, ben, oh, no. Ben's in oh, the quantum no. realm. Damn it. Well, you're, mixing, with, you're mixing up with, review shows, Bill. He's with, he's with no, the, no, the Boba Fricks. No, there he is. is. There he is. Right. He was did with someone, all the did someone, did someone get the, the, the replacement parts for Ben? We have to get make uh, sure that happens. Well, no. we got to make sure we find the Anzillions. We we no. do for Ben, but, just I, for Ben. Yeah, oh, you're back. Man. What ben, happened? Back. What happened, buddy? Did you hang out with the Babu Fricks? I just heard Boba Fett too many times, and my computer shut down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Al, Al broke you. I'm sorry. I broke you. I'm but sorry. I mean, I mean, Ben, what are your Blame what are John your Favreau. thoughts? Right. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, even on the pacing of this episode, you know, and Bill, I want to definitely get to you because I thought your article, your write up was excellent. So, I mean, I let's talk about it. Like, you know, every once in a while, I do right. What yeah. do you think happened? You know, with did did you think anything happened between Bo Katan and Din, or did they just decide, man, oh. eh, we're not going to fight? I mean, what do you think about the pacing of, of all of this? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with with Bill. I mean, you can't come off of like basically two years away if you don't count the the three little arc. Um, and then give us like a 37 minute episode, including the the credits and the opening titles and everything. So we needed more. Um, and it was exactly like Bill was describing it. I was just nodding along and his review said the same thing. It's it's really just reintroducing. It's almost like doing exposition again. You're introducing characters like just to say, hey, like this person, remember this person. Uh, and it's just Mando flying around and checking in with everybody, telling him about how he's going to go purify himself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. And uh, <laughs> I knew he was going to go there. And basically everybody's just like, uh-huh, yeah, cool story, bro. Like nobody's, nobody's really giving much of the time of day, but it's really it's it is just introducing characters again. And so it feels quick. And, this felt um, like an episode two. Yeah. As opposed to an episode one or an episode zero almost. Because it's just like, hey, you know, it's me, space dad, flying around my space car, checking in on my buddies, see how they're doing. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, Cara Dunes in the army. Wow. And it's right. just like give like everything else like had purpose and meaning and this i don't know man this just just rubbed me the wrong way it's just like i wanted to get to as many characters as quickly as possible like and you didn't have to do it in one episode uh spend a little bit more time i guess uh in each visit you know <laughs> but yeah, it just it felt quick for them to be going around and doing essentially him just saying what his mission is going to be for the season and then just kind of giving an update on where buddy's at yeah i i you guys all made excellent points because it, for me it's the same it, it's it's I get that you're trying to pacify people who maybe haven't for some reason at least didn't watch those episodes of Boba Fett. That that is surprising to me. People missed it. I agree with you, Al. You know, the stats show. Um, 
I mean, I guess you have to make those people happy, but I think I completely agree. This should have been previous, previously on. Um, but, you know, Bill, do you feel like since, since again, I, I really enjoyed your write up on it. I know everybody go check it out. Popbreak.com. It's excellent. Bill does write um, <laughs> on occasion when he's not pod king. Um, I don't know. I don't know between you and Alex, who's on more pods, but, um, but ah, you, so you are the pod king. Yes. Okay. All right. But, you know, Bill, do you have concerns about the rest of the show? Do you feel like this is going to be a theme for the rest of the show? Or do you feel like the pacing is going to, is going to even out? Like, I mean, are you nervous? Uh, I mean, gen- as a generally I am in, as a human, but I'm not for this show because I feel like one thing about the Mandalorian, it has such cachet and such gravitas with its audience that we do trust. Favreau and Filoni because they've even when they have a bad episode and I put bad in air quotes I mean the the episode I think that one of the worst episodes was the the introduction to Fennec Shan where we had Bobby Cannavale's son that that was just stunk but at the same time compared to other shows still good episodes so like even when they stumble they always find their footing and I think there's enough interesting stuff that's going to happen I mean the breadcrumbs they they didn't leave breadcrumbs for us they just left loaves of bread and were like this is going to happen the lost the stolen fleet will be coming back all the people that was here for the for the for the watch they'll be back like space pirates are a thing like it was everything was like absurdly blatant but also kind of reassuring in a weird way because i'm like oh well all this stuff's gonna come back like i feel like they've done such a great job with this and there is a there's a there is care that is taken into this this is a tenpole show they're not gonna i i don't think they'll screw this one up so i think they'll be okay i just feel like it was just a this is just like a an anomaly episode and i think they're going to be okay Okay. So uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit here. What were your favorite Easter Easter eggs? What was your favorite, some of your favorite parts of the episode, whether it's Easter eggs or just something you really enjoyed? Um, uh, Baba freak. Yeah. Okay. I'll go for it. I'm like, no, I just, I just love that. Like, you know, there's Favreau and, and Filoni. We've, we've talked about it at nauseum of like how these guys are just two giant nerds. And they love everything about the Star Wars universe, like good, bad, different, new, old, whatever. Like they they are bringing characters in from the the literally the most reviled, least liked thing that has come from Star Wars in the last decade uh, with with the Rise of Skywalker, I believe. Is that what's is that when we were first introduced to him? Yeah. Like, so I, I love that. I love that. They're like, you know what? We don't care. We'll put fucking Jar Jar in next episode. We don't give a shit. Like we, we I feel like are that's just, gonna happen. I hope so. I really do. Like it's like honestly, redemption for Jar Jar. Redemption for Jar Jar. I still um, want. I still want Darth Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar. He's a Sith. That, that would be great. Uh, yeah. No. I. Uh, Misa would love that. Uh, no. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that was really fun. I, I really did enjoy that. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if you call. You know. Um, you know. Uh, I'm trying to remember the. the is it IG-88? No, it's not IG-88. It's uh, 11. IG-11. 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 Like, I wouldn't call that, like, an Easter egg, but I did love that, like, he had a statue and he was at the center of town and, like, they didn't forget about him. It wasn't like, a, for you know, it wasn't like grief didn't make it all, like, literally all about him. Obviously, he was, like, running, you know, running things, but he's like, no, this, he, he sacrificed. He's the reason that we are here now. 
and like i love that so i thought that was really really cool so okay so ben what were your favorite your favorite parts well i think bill down in his review like carl weathers was probably the best part of the episode no yeah i mean no the running joke where he's like uh magistrate cargo is like hi magistrate and like keeps correcting like the droids and everything oh yeah sorry excuse me and then my new favorite best use of droids is he has these two little droids yes. just holding his cape up behind him as he walks. Oh, look, he got so excited. Like before, my favorite use oh, of a droid was there was a droid that's just stairs. So before there was a <laughs> droid that was just stairs, but now there's these droids that carry capes. So they're my new favorites. Amazing. Oh, those are... They, ben, you got so excited about those. Your audio yes. was your yeah. audio was shorting. It's, uh, yeah. it's good stuff. <laughs> but those were so- epic droids. Tell your writer need, to stop doing cocaine. Need to stop hiking and podcasting <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> his, Comca- his Comcast router is doing banging lines in the background. Um, <laughs> but, what were your favorite parts? So your favorite Easter eggs? Uh, you know, it's got to be the Moff Gideon stuff because, I mean, he was such a great character and he, they're just like, oh, you know, he's on this prison. You know what that means? He's getting out of the prison somehow. Uh, so... I, I am very excited for that. Also, I'm looking forward to the lost. Bata- I'll just call them the lot the stolen fleet because that means we're going to get our our girl Mercedes uh, Vernado. I was about to say she's uh, going to come back. She's coming money, back. Uh, <laughs> yep, she's coming back. Only wrestling fans will get that reference. But it's exactly. I, so I, like we're like we have the potential for a full like Mando squad here. Like the 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 watch and. Bo-Katan's team like clashing maybe teaming up so I'm, I'm excited for what could come from that but yeah Moff Gideon all day oh for me it was the purple the space whales that was a huge easter egg so when when Grogu and um, oh, yeah. Din are traveling through hyperspace you see these these whales oh I thought it was I an popped. avatar too uh cross oh no I totally popped I it was I, a- <laughs> Is that the way of water? They were promotion. They were promoting yeah, Avatar. Promoting. Go see Avatar the way of water. Someone messaging. Go check it out. With uh, James Cameron's water. writing ones. Like my stuff's better. <laughs> but the Purgle, you guys, I geeked out so hard because the last time we saw the Purgle, or the only time I can recall seeing the Purgle in the Star Wars universe, was in Star Wars Rebels. Um, where spoiler alert for everybody who has wait, Ben, you haven't seen. Oh man. Oh it's man. Fine. Just do it. Okay, spoiler alert. It's Here we fine. go. Everybody who hasn't seen Star Wars Rebels. Um, the series wraps up with Ezra confronting Ezra Bridger confronting Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, he throughout the course of the show, or at least in one of the later episodes, manages to um use the force to communicate with the Purgle. The Purgle have the ability to naturally travel through hyperspace. So um, they are one of the most mysterious creatures in the galaxy for that purpose. But Ezra is able to communicate with them. He and Grand Admiral Thrawn are trans- some- transported by these Purgle to thereabouts unknown. Hence why Ahsoka is looking for Ezra because nobody knows where he went. But he, in order to save his home planet, his home city of Lothal, transports Grand Admiral Thrawn away. So, um, so the Purgle to me, I was like, oh my god, are we going to get like? Oh, we're going to see like Ahsoka show up. We're going to see Sabine. And the fact that Grogu noticed them and not Din, I thought was interesting too. Is he going to be, you know, are we going to have some kind of Grogu link to to hyperspace? So he's going to ride space whales is what you're telling us. I would would pop if he rode a space whale. Well, they're immediately going to sell a million 
uh, stuff space whales if that happens. Yeah, they are. Oh, along with squeezed babu fricks. Oh, bad baby, bad baby. That was my my number two moment. Where he's like, put him down. You know, he's. I'm sorry. He's just a little kid, and he's just squeezing. You know, Disney just sold a million toys. Or Funko. I'm waiting for Funko to issue that pop. With they will. They will. They're going to do it with the tiny, the tiny babu freak. But, um, but you guys, John Favreau has also come out saying, you know, he came out and said that in post production, he wrote, of course, season four. We're, we're we're getting there, but there's no ending. Season four is not the end for Mando. There's no ending in sight. Do you guys have concerns about that? You know, some shows go, we know they go past their shelf life. I mean, look at, and, and, you know, some of them go a completely different direction than we want them to go. Um, I mean, do you guys have any concerns that there is no end in sight for Mando? I mean, or are you okay with this going on forever, you know, with no clear goal or clear ending in sight? I mean, Al, what do you think? So again, I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but I'll just say it now is that if that is the case, if we're going to have a, a Mando for the foreseeable future and no like clear story, like uh, ending, then ideally with any of these shows that are set in the Mando verse, there should be some kind of representation that it's part of it. Because I think it's only going to be beneficial for every non like crazy obsessive like us. So I we were Bill and I were talking about this, and I'm gonna steal this for Bill a little bit, but like there should be like the Mandalorian or the Mandalorian saga colon the book of Boba Fett. Because if it's so integral to the main story. People need like non crazy fans, non like pop culture obsessive like us need to be warned that this is mandatory viewing to experience the whole show. So just like, you know, uh, the fast saga, colon Hobbs and Shaw or Hobbs and Shaw, part of whatever, <laughs> like great example. It's a fucking it's awesome about family. It's about family. It yeah, is about family. There it is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I think there needs to be, you know, it, it needs to be more cohesive. I think Book of Boba Fett could have gone either way. Like, I think easiest way you just say this is a Mandalorian spinoff, right? Because it didn't like necessarily we 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 were so shocked that the episode began with Mandalorian with Din back with the armor. We're like, holy shit, like what is this? Like, this is amazing. We had no idea because it was not like it was a great surprise. But I saw someone like legit famous on Twitter skipped the book of Boba Fett and was confused at the yeah. beginning of season three of like he's like, How's Grogu back? That's not good. Like Disney should be upset about that. They should be upset that 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 fans are confused at what is happening because they assumed people are gonna watch the book of Boba Fett because they're like, Oh, it's Boba Fett's gonna be great. One bad review, people are like, oh, I can skip that. I don't need it. Like, yeah. that's not needed for me. So it's like, how is that going to affect these other shows that they have planned or movies or whatever? Like, Ahsoka is a spinoff. It is a full spinoff. It doesn't matter if she's already been in Rebels and Clone Wars or whatever. It is a spinoff show. There is a solid chance that Din will be, uh, Din, ah, fucking Mando will be involved. 
So it's like, how do you how do you tell people you have to go watch that or you're not going to understand Mando season five? Like, that's nuts. That's, I think that's crazy. I think we're running into a problem, too, of versus like the and, and it's like we're seeing we just talked last week about the MCU, the Marvel burnout where people. I think are over. Oh, I have to watch all this other stuff just to understand the show I like. Like, I think people like Marvel did it and it went well. And now it's not as much. And I think with Star Wars, people are like, they already know there's an expanded universe with the Skywalker saga. It's like, well, I grew up with that. But now I have to watch this show, this show, this this show, and this show. And I think people just because one of time and two, just the absolute crush of content we're getting at, at all times now is like, people are like, oh, dude, I don't have time to invest in this shit. And so I feel like it might even calling it the Mandalorian saga and you have to watch all this stuff. I think people are just, that actually might turn people off. It might turn the straights but off. That's their, just... But that is their own fault for, for putting two episodes in the Mandalorian. No, no, no. I agree. No, no, no. I telling anyone. No, no, no. I agree with you. Yeah. No, no, and, I, I agree, and I agree with you. It's like, yeah. they shot themselves in the foot. They right. Did. And I, it's again, I would, as if, if I was Bob Iger, who's back in charge and not letting the kids play anymore. It's like, yeah, you guys are doing a great job with these shows. This is like our biggest hit. But at the same time, it's like if we see a big drop in viewership from season two to season three, that's on you for not telling people that there's other shit happening that it's mandatory for you to view because it's all one story. You they can were- you can watch Miss Marvel and not have to watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, like Marvel is doing their own stories and they're going to come together later. But like the fact that you have to go watch two episodes at the end of another series to understand what's happening in season three of a show you watch two seasons of. That's the problem. Mm. And they need to solve that. And I'm listen, I love it. But I am I am not an outlier, but I'm, you know, probably 50 percent of the audience. The other other 50 percent might not be watching it. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a valid point. And I mean, I, I think, you know, or I guess, do you feel like that's going to be more of a risk if there's no end for Mando? Do you, are we going to see more of that? Of, of those, those 2.5s or now 3.5? It's not even like there's 5. no end. It's, 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 it's going to be like, we're going to stop with Mando and we're going to spin off to another thing that we've introduced in this. Okay. So like, again, like we're continuing Ahsoka story that was set up in two animated shows. And the and I I don't know how successful that show will be. I, I think it, I think because there's so much backstory. They're gonna have to do so many flashbacks and so much like like letting people know what has happened before. Cause you're gonna go tell people you have to go watch like 10 years of animated shows to go enjoy this live action show. I I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's, it's a lot. That's, I mean, it's about general audiences. I'm not talking about us. Like we're we're going to, we're going to eat all of this up. Yeah. I I just, before you get to Ben, I just want to jump and say like, we had the Skywalker saga for 30 plus years, if not longer. And even people were burnt out on that by the end yeah. because they didn't have a good, they didn't stick the landing and they had to spin it off in so many different directions. And 
it could get sloppy again because if we're eight years from now when we're still doing socially distanced and I'm like in a wheelchair because I'm 90 is because it's like how time works. I know. Well, according to John Favreau, time We'll make sure we explain it better than John Are you podcasting in the quantum realm? (laughs) I've been there my whole (laughs) life. Uh, Guys, I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, So anyway, spoiler alert. Loved Um, you in Scarface. (laughs) Catwoman, you're my favorite Catwoman. Hated Scarface. (laughs) Scarface is such a piece of shit. You you were my my favorite Catwoman. Hey, listen, I appreciate you. Thank you, (laughs) Halle. I mean, Halle Berry had nothing on me, but anyway, not the point. I had that weird thing with Bill Murray too. Oh, but uh, it's. uh, I just think if we just keep going and going, it's just going to be the diminished returns because how many times can we keep ringing this bell? How long can Grogu be cute for? Like. Forever. I mean, yeah, but it's it's going to grow out of it eventually. I think so. It's like we they have to. I don't know. It's. I think Bob Iger will see that quote and be like, "Hey, John, John, it's Bob. Just want to tell you, come up with an ending." Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like this is Dad talking. But I still, I still think that like it's. It's the same. It's the Marvel method, kind of, but like yeah. they're, they're using yeah. the Star Wars. Like it's like you're gonna get six seasons of this as the Mandalorian, and then you're gonna get three seasons of Ahsoka, and then you're gonna get you know a two part Thrawn um, saga movie. Please, only on <laughs> Disney Plus. Like you know, what I mean, like it's yeah. that's their plan. I'm guessing. I don't think we're going to get 15 seasons of The Mandalorian. I don't see them. I think they're going to get bored. I think they're going to get bored. I think it's, I think the way that they're doing it is like, you know, if we're going to keep The Mandalorian forever in concept, it's like, he's going to just be jumping around in these shows. Like, I think we're going to end his, he's going to like, like he already has an end game. What's, what's next is like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's, I'm so excited, but at the same time, it's frustrating. (laughs) Well, Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, when you're making characters or a guy in a helmet and a puppet, you can pretty much keep it going as long as you want, (laughs) as long as the writing's decent. So, I mean, that's, that's, well, you you also need a Wayne, uh, like a a John Wayne relative that needs to be involved too. So they need to get like the kid, what is it? It's his great. Is it his great grandson right now, or is it grandson? That's the the stuntman, the one who does the walk, the the old west. Oh walk. yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like you need his kid to carry That's on true. the legacy. It'll it'll happen. It'll be fun. They'll make it. They'll make it happen. They'll make they'll it CGI. Happen. They'll they'll use AI. <laughs> they'll AI his walk. This podcast will be AI and Chat GPT. You know oh, our, our voices will be deep fake. We should seriously, Bill. 200th episode, a chat GPT <laughs> socially distance episode. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we feed we'll it 200 episodes right? of the podcast well, and then we just make it make up one. Oh, man. That one I got blackout drunk will not be. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, that would be, I, that would be hilarious. That would be nonsense. Um, but then give them your but, opinion. Yeah. Shut your yeah. No, I mean that that, that was <laughs> I like I said, I think that they're just gonna interject uh you know, inject a little bit of Mandalorian into all the other properties that they've got because they know that this is a hit. So it instantly brings viewership, which 
I'm still not entirely unconvinced that that's the only reason that he was in Boba Fett because they just wanted people to watch that show. And it's like, well, you have to now because you never know when he's going to pop up. So they can do that with any other property just to get eyes on it initially. And then if it's good, people will keep watching it. If it's not, <laughs> then nobody wants to talk about it on a podcast ever again, but we still do. <laughs> well, you know, my my big concern about no ending for Mando is, you know, there there have been points in the story that have already been told you have all these other elements like the bad batch right now is you know putting in some filling in some of the gaps with some of what's going on with snoke same thing with mando you know they're they're filling in the gaps in the story that already exists you know at some point where do you stop mando from intersecting and grogu intersecting with the sequel trilogy how do you keep them away from that or have them set it up because you know at some point you're you're wondering well where were they if they're such a key part of the Star Wars universe where were they in the sequel trilogy how are they not how do you keep them further away from Ray from I mean if you if you want them to be a separate entity at some point you feel like you know everybody somehow intersects on Tatooine right we're always in Tatooine I mean how do you how do you keep telling their story without it intersecting with the main story that you've already told or changing, you know, the main story you've already told what's already out there. Um, you know, that's kind of my, that's kind of my, my worry is that at some point they're not going to be able to keep them apart anymore and explain everything. Um, it's a big galaxy. That makes sense. It's a big galaxy. Yeah. Yes. It's a bit, it's a big, I mean, well, that's what you're hoping. Guys. So, I don't want to get too into the weeds because we're going to be talking about this right. for the foreseeable future, but like, correct me if I'm wrong. The Thrawn stuff was decades ago in books, in, yes. in sequel books. Great books, brought, by the way. And they brought <laughs> Thrawn into the Clone Wars, right? Or Rebels? Rebels. Mm-hmm. Into Rebels. Uh, but Rebels is before those books. Um, Rebels is simultaneous um, okay. because because Vader but, and Thrawn were rivals. But those books don't books. exist now. Technically, nope. they're not canon. No, but I think they they're are, canon they now. Are like they're legends, I believe. Yes, they're legends now. Yes, right. so and they Lucas had to canonize. Is, Lucas, our editor, is going to hear that and audibly groan. It's going to be great. That's, so, that's <laughs> that Lucas, you just that's wanted your, to throw that in for Lucas. That's your so what I'm saying is like <laughs> when you're talking about these things intersecting they've had before technically in the past like you said that they were happening at the same time so it's like i I don't necessarily think it matters the ray stuff and and uh seven eight nine like i don't think it's gonna matter because it's almost gonna go off its its own tangent of like these it's like it's gonna these stories are in the past currently like mando's in the past right now it's it's post return of the jedi yeah it's a few years after jedi i think so now we're even a couple more years now after the turn of the jedi so it's like we already said peace out luke like we don't have to deal with that and now we're dealing with you know ahsoka which we don't know what happened with her after rebels so it's like all right, now this is going to happen. So it's like, I don't think we're going to worry about like getting into that. Yeah, it's also more about just it's like, like 20 years later. It's like, yeah. then that's when Ray yeah. or you're 20, 25 years later. So it's like, you have time, you have some time to play exactly. with. This is true, but Groku is also from a long lived species. So that that's going to be interesting. Your sweet baby boy always as well, fucking he, things up. 
Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? I, again, I don't ever think he was intended to be, you know, as kept as a baby forever, but he just turned into such a, a, a marketing boom and just the love for little sweet baby boy under uh, just ju- justifiably. So well, how old is he in reality? It's 50 something. 50 something. He's in his 50s. And so how old was Yoda before he died? 900. Yeah. There yes. you go. So that kind of answers your question. I think they're yeah. babies for like ever. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. If Disney wants to sell they're Chronic, babies for like baby. at least 200 years. Like, let's, so, let's. Oh my God. Imagine like like rebellious teen Yoda. Oh like God. Puberty Grogu. Yoda. Oh no. Puberty, Puberty, Puberty Grogu. No, nobody wants He's, that. It's like, yeah, whatever, man. Voice and, yeah, no. We already but, had teenage Groot, and that didn't go over. Oh, we're getting but, swole Groot, yeah. though. I'm so excited. Thick, thick Groot thick is Groot. what I'm after. Thick Daddy Groot. With two, thick Daddy Groot with two Cs. But So Ben brought up a really good point about Mando maybe showing up in other shows, like kind of testing it out. I mean, you know, we, we're hearing that, you know, season four is supposed to fit into Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew and whatnot. And I mean, again, he showed up in Boba Fett. Is it smart to keep Mando showing up? Like, are, are, are we running into an issue of, well, we're going to rely on Mando to save these shows sometimes. I mean, are, are, are we relying on Mando too much? And are, should, we let, should we let the focus be on him and Grogu? Or should we let them keep showing up like in pretty much every Disney property? What, I mean, Star Wars property, I mean, at this point, what, what do you guys, do you guys see that risk? Or do, what do you guys think about that, Ben? Like I said, I think it's a good marketing idea to make people tune in. Uh, and I mean, if it serves that purpose, then they're getting what they want out of it. I mean, you want your shows to ultimately stand alone, but everything's not going to be Andor. That's what makes Andor so great is like it doesn't have to intersect with anything else in this universe. It's entirely its own thing. Um, so that's why I think I love that one. And totally, it's very different. Like that show doesn't lend itself to really blending as successful as it may be. Um, this show lends itself to blending because all the characters are kind of cute and adorable and there's a lot of good humor in it. Um, so it can cross over into anything else you got going on. Um, whether they should do it all the time, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see how it works if they use it in a couple of the next ones. Um, it, I don't know that it added anything to Boba Fett. It's like you you view Boba Fett and this is like two entirely different shows. Like the, the three episodes that he was in, or I view them almost entirely separate from Boba Fett. So I'm not sure how that really connects. It's just kind of a pause. I'm going to let Al like, jump in at the well, start. I mean, he connects right. because he helps him like helps him at the end. Like, yeah, the last- in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I don't think we'll get like fatigue because like, you know, you don't count Andor and you don't count Obi-Wan, like in, in terms of like the Favreau um Filoni verse that they're making, Mando's Tony Stark and he's assembling his Avengers, right? Like that that's that's it. And uh, you know, he is this at the moment, he's kind of him and Grogu, mostly Grogu, really, but like him and Grogu are like the center of this little universe. And we're gonna get an Ahsoka series where she is supposed to be the main character and i think i think she lends herself to being the main character because she has a rich history they made boba fett's history in this he didn't have a history he had like 18 minutes of screen time or something less than that something i think it was even less than that like they made up his history and then they made you care about him or tried to and probably failed miserably but ahsoka has a deep rich history and that's why she's like your favorite star wars character man like so i don't think we're gonna have an issue with a show like that because like 
that's who you that's who you're going for you care about that character mando's just like an added bonus and he's gonna be like hey i need your help or you need my help like that's the whole like reason they kind of used him as this like launching pad to bring these shows into this universe i want to see i want i want you to ask that question when we get more information about the next shows that are coming that are coming from this like i know we were supposed to get like the uh the the basically the Cara Dune spinoff that didn't happen, but like, I want to see what other shows in the Mandoverse um, come out of this. And like, I think you said it was the skeleton crew is one of them. Skeleton crew is supposed to be. Yes. That's the Jude Law one. Perfect. Like, I want to see how that can stand up on its own feet um, without him. Like, does it need the Mando bump uh, to succeed? Like Boba. Well played Al. That bump need the rub. (laughs) <laughs> he's getting a wrestling reference here yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so I, know Bill, I think I it's know. i think it's you, you have to do it like the defenders uh saga and netflix where you have this wall like claire town you know ironically where Rosario it shouldn't town. exist and never should have happened this was fucking terrible sorry it was really bad i no, no, no. defenders so no, much. no no i'm no no no. i'm talking about it how so no it makes sense there's this the the defenders yeah. first thanks for just kicking my theory in the balls gates what i'm saying is it's like he mando should be like the claire temple which was played over Dawson. Yes. like it a thread whether yeah multiple episodes or one episode it's yeah. like somehow mando's there tying everything together threading this this is the same universe playing an integral part in an episode or a series i think that's how you use it because I don't think you're going to need it. You're not going to really need him for uh, for Ahsoka. Ahsoka's going to carry that series, like Al said. So it's just going to be like, hey, Mando's in one episode. Skeleton crew, it's a bunch of kids who are fighting someone. Maybe Grogu is in that episode a lot. And maybe Mando has to come help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that'll be cool. And I think that's how you, you tie everything together. Is Mando is a player, with a cog within the universe. He's not the straw that stirs the drink. Okay, I like that. I like that. I mean, for, for me personally, I feel like you know, obviously Mando and Grogu should show up where they need to, you know, tie everything together, you know, and kind of keep everybody connected. The owl that was brilliant with the, the Iron Man reference. Um, you know, I I just, for me, I just hope he's not in every single show. You know, because I, I think like every, not every show needs the rub. Like again, Ahsoka, again, she's my favorite because you hit the nail on the head. She's the most complete Star Wars character. Um, and, and I, I feel like there may be some other characters to explore that you, you could build backstories for, but you know, I, the hard part is, you know, are you going to start getting lazy and relying on Mando to give the rub to shows that maybe don't need it, you know? And, and so I think as long as they could, they allow him to allow them to show up strategically where they're needed, where there's the, according to how the story flows and the pacing flows and, you know, kind of where the universe should connect. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, so that's going to be, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm curious to see how it'll fit, in, especially in Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka, maybe I'll show up, maybe they'll show up in some of the animated series. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see them run in with the Bad Batch. Um, Last thing I'll say is he should be, he, from now on should be treated as a guest star and not the main character yes. in those shows. Cause he, yes. it, it's their shows. It's a Soka show. It's the skeleton. Like it's Boba Fett again, relied so heavily on those last three episodes for people to give a shit. It's because they were making it up as they went. It really yep. felt that way the whole time. It's like, we, we need to make this character 
something because all he was was a guy in a cool mask. Like that's the whole thing. So it's like every other show should in theory be different because it's either original IP or continue continuing the legacy of a character. So I'm really hoping that they use him as this connective tissue as a Claire Temple, as a, as a Tony Stark or whatever, however you want to frame it. Like he shouldn't be the reason you come to this. It should be an added bonus. I like that. I like that. So I know we've talked a lot guys. So we've had, we shared a lot. There's a lot to unwrap here and it's only going to get better as we continue across the star Wars universe um, for eight episodes. I wish it were more. But here we are. <laughs> we will take it. Um, so, Al, uh, I want to hear what you have for our new rating system, because this is your like wheelhouse. I've been waiting for this all week just to hear what you're going to come up with. And I didn't come up with one. I'm going to come oh. up with another one. No, <laughs> sorry, I had wacky, I, waving, inflatable rating system. I had one. I had one <laughs> job. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Um, we're going to rate this ep- episode um, on a scale of one to ten uh, blown up giant cocaine alligators. <laughs> uh, space, oh, gators. Space, space gators. Space, space gators. gators. Space gators. All right, Al, what do you rate this episode? One to ten giant. It's it's it pains me to to rate it this low and it doesn't sound as low as it is but i rate this one a seven this may be the yeah. weakest uh maybe one of the weakest mandalorian episodes definitely the weakest start of a season you can you can go back and watch season one and watch episode one it's it's a cool like i, I feel like awesome. we were just yes we were very intrigued with the concept and i think we were just like i, I don't know what this is going to be first episode's okay it's not great it gets really fucking awesome with the child like that's the second episode was like oh this is what we're doing heck yeah like that's that's when the show really blows up so i'm hoping episode two really kicks the season into high gear i'm gonna give it a seven okay ben what are you gonna give it i think i'm gonna go seven and a half and i'm adding on the half of a cocaine space skater uh, <laughs> but there's there's like the, the one scene when it's getting they're, they're planning the devices and blowing them up and then uh, one of the mandalorians like flies away and you got that cool over the shot uh, of him flying away with the explosion like that seemed badass i kind of freeze from that just to look at how cool it was so that's worth a an extra 0.5 on there for me but but i agree overall with the episode we know that they can do much much better than this so i'm excited to, to see it next but it's just nice to have it back Bill. I'm going to go six and a half uh, coked out space gators. Uh, mostly because, listen, I'm happy to be back with my, my, my space friends, but uh, the, it's a high bar, they've said. They've made some of the most amazing television episodes of the past five to ten years. Like, this wasn't it. Uh, there's a lot we talked about. We talked about how we could actually, the four non TV professionals here talked about how we could fix the episode and make it better. That's not good. So uh, I'm very happy to be back, but it was very rushed this welcome okay. you know so so i'm gonna give it seven coked out space gators <laughs> um i agree you know the pacing for me i, I wasn't feeling it i feel like we rushed to like i, I want to count i, I want to see we rushed to like five or four different stops yeah. really really in a very quick span of time um you know like again the pacing was a little off for me the time jump could have been a little bit better clarified we didn't need the rehash um, or again, I love Al, Al's idea of the previously previously on. They could have used that better. 
Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I've watched it probably five times already because it's still just fun to watch. Um, but it's not my favorite. We've had stronger episodes and those stronger episodes are what I usually go back to and watch more often than not. So, um, but I think it's going to get better. I'm going to hold faith. I still have faith in Filoni and Favreau. So, um, but that is going to wrap up our adventures with the hottest dad and cutest kid in the galaxy. Um, real quick guys, if y'all can give like a super fast, like quick, uh, recommendation, tell us where to find you guys on social. So Ben, as our esteemed guest, go first, please. Thanks. Yeah. At BD Merkson on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and my recommendation, I've uh, been watching the show. You guys might've heard of it. Uh, it's called Survivor. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I literally never watched the show. I had never seen the season. And just, I sat there and like binge watched like four seasons on Hulu the other day. And I think the new one just dropped. So now I guess I'm like a fan. God Don't watch it. It's, 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 the, coke, it's the, the coke handle in his bio, guys. What? The nice. delivery of that? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, I've, I've read this new book. I, I think you guys may have heard of it. It's called The Bible. And, uh, yeah, that's amazing. I saw a painting the other day. It's called The Mona Lisa. Might have heard of it. And you're like, all right, cool, all right. dude. <laughs> oh, Survivor God. currently on okay. season seven, 755. I, don't know. I thought, I was like, we're not in double digits yet? No, we're like, <laughs> they're, like they're in 40 yeah. something easily. I was like, they're in something. Um, Bill, where can people find you? At Bodkin Writes on Twitter, follow the popbreak.com every single day, at at the pop break on Instagram and Twitter. If uh uh if you're gonna watch or read anything, I just finished Planet Hulk. It's an older comic graphic novel. It was awesome. Heck yeah. That's yeah. I'll be ordering World War Hulk oh. soon. Yeah. So it's, to be it's, disappointed. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it, the bits of Thor Ragnarok get strip mine for that and put into it. So yeah, go check yeah. that out. Go check out on my podcast. Fantastic! What a great. Uh, the yeah, first right. issue of World War Hulk. We're, is we are so awesome. we're so over time. So awesome. Sorry. So Al, what do you got? Uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I just took photos of Maggie Rogers uh, at Radio City Music Hall for NJ.com. You can check those out on my Instagram. Have some more shows coming up this month. Hopefully we will see. They have not been confirmed yet. We'll see. Uh, recommendation. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix uh, just uh, aired season four. This show's great. It's 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 again. It's a Formula One series. It's a documentary series. Um, you get super invested very very quickly. But I will say for those. Uh, Al's who, AARP card is coming are, now. Who are, un, who are uninterested in F1? I swear to God, it's like Real Housewives, but with racing. Oh, they're just, fuck they're, off. Just, they're just like they're just all catty little bitches who Real Housewives love, than on this who love to just just rat out each other. It's great. <laughs> ben, am I wrong? I'm definitely I have to follow this all right yeah, I'll, I'll take it home it's uh and uh y'all can, uh, people can find me at Amandalorian on Instagram that's that's primarily where I do all the nerd things there um I'm gonna change up my pop culture recommendation and I know usually I go anime but I'm actually gonna go a little music this time what so I've been enjoying Keep On Rambling by Radio Company. And most people are going to know that band. They're coming out of Austin because one of the singers is Jensen Ackles, Supernatural fan over here. Oh, so Dean okay. from Supernatural, his band, um, they're great. 
Uh, and so they were number one on Spotify for a bit. I haven't checked if they're still number one, but they were number one streaming for a bit. So um, if you like Sean James and that kind of style, um, I think Brand New is kind of giving me those vibes too. Um, good stuff there. So that's it for us. Join us next week as we see what else is happening in our dual Pedro Pascal Love Fest uh, pod. So good night, everybody. I'm off to do another podcast. This is insane. Are you Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bill. Sweet, Bill. Oh, yes. Yeah.